Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in therapist. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Excellent. The and it's an it. actual H E R. The therapist? Instead of a <laughs> therapist. Made up one. <laughs> therapist. Yeah. You totally pulled an actual H E R. I did. I yeah. did pull so an H E R. It doesn't always happen, it. but it still counts. Yeah. It well, just extra just, counts when it's. It's so fitting that. Our names both now end with an er. That's like, right. It just works anyway. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've never thought about that. Did you know that Jaeger means hunter in German? No. So we basically have the same that last amazing. name, except for what absolutely makes more sense is that Summer would have the German version. Absolutely <laughs> makes <laughs> so much sense. Okay, it couldn't be the well. Other. I'm Summer Jaeger. That's my beautiful co-host Joy, and we have guests today. We do. Hey, I'm giddy about it. Do I introduce them as their podcast name? Both. As, okay. as their podcast and then as the individuals. Okay, so today we're joined by A Couch Divided, which is Nick and Robin. Yes, Hi. we're here. Hello. Thanks, for, Thanks for inviting us. I've been fantasizing about this for lots of years. Yeah, it was and funny here you are. You, and here I am. Yeah, it was funny because uh, me and Robin were talking about this on Wednesday, that back in the day, um, or maybe like the 50s and 60s, there were more men therapists. Oh, yeah. So, but now... Yeah. <laughs> it's, female it's flooded dominated. with women, yeah, so it really is. They're her pists, and yeah. and I'll yeah. never look at it the same again. <laughs> yeah, probably. But that's not. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's so. So what does that say about me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Lots. I mean, what does being a therapist in general say about you? Yeah, yeah I know. sorry, I'm a little Lots bit more. Hold we on, we're know. skipping. Lots. We're <laughs> skipping ahead. Tell us, okay, Nick? Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Are, who are you, Nick? Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, my name is uh, <laughs> Nick Thomas. <laughs> I am an addict. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's start it that way. No, my name is Nick. I came to the Lord about seven years ago. My passion is counseling and therapy. I have my g- a degree in behavior health, pursuing more education. And, uh, and that's, uh, and in fact, I met Robin here uh, because of her husband, James, who wasn't her husband at the time. And so I got to be a part of all of that. And that was great. Mm-hmm. And we You just... and Robin's husband are like... Best major yeah, best yeah, friends, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, except uh, he's got a better beard than me, and so I aspire. <laughs> That's why, you know, you have to hang around people that you aspire to be. He has a be. glorious beard. Yes, he does. He does. Serious, and he carries pretty, it well. You know, yeah. I love it. And it's his uncle that taught my dad greek so, correct and i my t- husband's uncle oh, yeah that's yeah. right i forgot yeah. about that I tell, this, Baird. I tell this story all the time because i was um ministering outside of tempe planned parenthood with zach morgan okay and i'm and i live on the west side of the valley which yeah. is kind of far so i'm like hey, you guys do anything on the west side and he goes no but james baird is out there do you know him his uncle taught dr white greek <laughs> oh, that's how they and eat. i'm like oh i'm like oh really okay so i'm gonna go out there and i'm thinking i'm gonna meet this this brilliant theologian with just Greek exegetical <laughs> skills beyond belief. 
<laughs> and I don't mean to diminish James, but when I got out there, all I saw was a big beard and a Gilligan hat on a ladder going, repent! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean. And, I mean, saving babies. Yeah. And, you know, pretty cool. Yes. He wasn't we, doing it in Greek. <laughs> yeah, yes, it just wasn't he did in Greek. English. He did it in English. And I'm like, do you know Greek? He's like, no, I can't parse to save my life. And yeah. uh, and that we became press friends. Okay, but he I also took Greek <laughs> with the same uncle. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Um, well, Dr. Baird, I... I was the supervisor at the Starbucks by GCU yeah. oh. and he's a regular at that Starbucks. And so literally for years I was serving him coffee. And oh. then one day, no way one day. And, and my dad and Dr. Baird, they get together once a year to still hang out, even though this was like decades ago yeah. that he took classes from him. And one day my dad was like, you know, Dr. Baird. And I was like, <laughs> Who? Because to me, he's Mike, and he gets a venti brewed coffee. Yeah. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I did not. I had no idea. And so whatever he told me, and then we finally put it together. But we'd known. I had been serving this guy coffee for years, and then I find out he's like one of my dad's favorite people ever. And I had no clue. And he's just the nicest, jolliest dude you've ever met. Small yeah. world. Anyway, so that's Nick. Tell us who you are. <laughs> Robin, oh, James, James' I'm, wife. Yeah, I'm James's <laughs> wife, right? <laughs> um, well, so I'm Robin Baird, but my professional name is Dr. Robin Hall. So I have my doctorate in clinical psychology. Joy should have a pseudo doctorate. She should. She actually, <laughs> totally. I could not have done it without her getting through that process. I remember. Um, she actually asked me harder questions than my. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> my committee, yeah, during my master's defense and then during my uh, dissertation defense, though. She's, yeah. And yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> a very important uh, thing about you to me is just that we've been friends for many years. For the better part, for a decade. Yeah. Over a decade? Over, I think it's like we're rounding on like We were roommates. We lived together. Yeah. Um, you are basically you, actually you two, Summer and Robin, are probably the reason I'm married to my husband. I love it. Go team. Um, we were actually living together. I know, yeah. seriously, go team. Yes. Uh, we were living together when Matthew started pursuing Joy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, I had yeah. a front row seat to that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to inform her that that was okay. She could have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Was... yeah. Um... <laughs> I was like, I promise, it's fine. What is your podcast about? Tell us. So we, this was like my brainchild for a long time. Um, And when I met Nick, it was just kind of like, oh, well, there's my co-host. I think we started talking about Freud and you're like, you know what Freud? Yeah, Yeah. I know about Freud. So it is where psychology meets a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to translate kind of and make sense of what secular psychology says and like, compare it, you know, what does scripture say? What does God mm-hmm. say about this? And try and make sense of it in a way that Christians can understand and apply. Mm-hmm. Right. We talk really about everything. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. We just, uh, well, by the time this episode, we're doing this weird time yeah. traveling thing. Yeah. And then we just keep explaining it on the podcast <laughs> to make it more. In case the people that listen every week haven't picked up know. on this yet. Don't know yeah. what's happening yet. We're taking time off when I have a baby. So we're yeah. recording ahead. Yes. <laughs> um, but we were reading. Uh, so the book that the book bef- that we're, we're reading, we just finished. But that we were reading in the past by the time you guys hear this. <laughs> right, right. Um, was Total Truth by Nancy Piercy. And she was one of her, like, one of her main things is that you need to 
um, like adopt the terminology. You need to like uh, get the def get your definitions down. Yes. And like you said, like kind of translate. Like you can't talk to our current world without using the terminology that they know. Sure. But obviously, we disagree with. The conclusions of certain terminology. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, to we, yeah, and we disagree with a lot more than just the conclusions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It definitely. Yes. It definitely <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even Paul did that to a Jew. I become a Jew. You know what right. I mean? Right. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah uh, that's such a perfect segue. Yeah. That's great. Right. Right. <laughs> and so like acclimate to your environment. I do a lot of street ministry. So ghetto yeah. kid comes out all the time <laughs> right. know, when I right. uh, when I talk to that's them. That's not hard for any of us yeah. to believe. Nick. But then also <laughs> like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard for you to look at your hat. Um, no, um, but like for an example, uh, gender dysphoria, right? We have a lot of men right now not able to realize that they're men. A lot of women don't realize that they're women. Confused and, people. And confused people. And gender dysphoria is a real disorder in the DSM, right? And I've seen that and I, I, I'm not surprised that the human mind can get confused, right? Okay, cool. But their conclusion is surgery. Our conclusion is repent, repent and will help you get to the objective yeah. sta standard. And so it's like, yeah, may, I, maybe I believe in the disorder, but yeah. we're going to go a different route as a remedy. And we believe right. that's Christ, not surgery. Right. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this topic came up because and we thought we should have. Well, we've been we've wanted to have yeah. you guys on for a while. Yeah, we we end up talking about mental things Stuff. that fall under the mental health umbrella because it is something I think you were kind of mentioning earlier. It's a very woman dominated field mm -hmm. and it is something that women, I women talk about a lot. M my mental health, self care. It just comes up in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about depression and anxiety quite a bit, but I got this really interesting email from this 16-year-old girl listener who just asked this question that made Joy and I go, that's mm. really, really an interesting question. Um, she said, she emailed and said, can y'all discuss psychopaths? Mm. <laughs> like, how do we view the fact that they can't fear or feel certain emotions from a biblical worldview? What could we say to someone who, sa who says that it proves that we are nothing more than machines? Hmm. How could they fear God? This is just something that bothers me. Now, yeah. obviously, I don't know the background of her question. I don't know what she thinks a psychopath is. Sure. Hmm. I wouldn't know. I'm going to be kind of the person, the average person. I think the three of you have thought about this like mm -hmm. 85,000 times. Yeah, I already see what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. than I have. Um, I wouldn't even <laughs> too know. Too much. Way too much. You all have thought about this too much. <laughs> Are so... we all psychopaths except for Summer? Um, no. no. The answer is no. No. But... <laughs> no. I know that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, when I hear a question like, can you discuss psychopaths? My first question is like, is that even a real thing? Hmm. Okay. Or do we not, is that term not so overused that it mm -hmm. almost means nothing? Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, that that's my first right. question. So like, let's take the opportunity <laughs> to redefine what it actually yeah. is it's yeah. certainly to been the diluted. Christian. Yeah. Right. Um, this is totally one of my favorite topics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm so excited to, to talk about it. And um, I'll have you like, reread her question too because yeah. it is a great question I'll keep it yeah um but I guess we should like kind of start with well are yeah like our psychopaths real right that's where we should start what yeah. is that what even? is it okay yeah so um just like a lot of other like very popular psychological kind of key words terms pop culture phenomenon type stuff type stuff the word psychopath is 
not understood, like as a clinical term, it's not understood by the mass population. And it is used very incorrectly a lot of the time. So <laughs> primarily uh, now by uh, people who women who don't like their husbands. <laughs> That and narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is my mother-in-law a psychopath? Let me tell you what she said I, last week. I really week. don't like her, so I think she might be lacking yeah. in feeling yeah, an emotion. Right. <laughs> well, we do. We all do this. Like we hear a couple of characteristics about something, mm-hmm. like something we've cataloged and categorized, and so then we decide every single time we've mm-hmm. seen anything manifest right. in somebody that even remotely looks like that. Oh well. I'm going to go ahead and group you now mm-hmm. into the psychopath. Diagnosed. So, right. <laughs> Stamp, right? Oh, well, she's doing that because she's a psycho, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, like, as Christians, we understand this whole concept totally differently, but I'm going to start with how the world defines mm-hmm. it, okay? Okay. okay. So, um, first of all, the terms psychopath and sociopath, psychopathy mm-hmm. and sociopathy are not clinical diagnostic terms. I cannot diagnose someone as a psychopath, okay? Some of the, if I use that term at all, it's to describe like a certain set of features that I'm talking Mm. about. Okay. Okay. So as a clinical psychologist, somebody in practice that starts seeing qualities and characteristics that we'll outline here in just a second, they're going to gravitate toward a specific cluster of personality disorders. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll spend a little bit of time defining that, but um, the cluster of personality disorders are narcissistic personality disorder. Oh, there's another one that's thrown around Mm -hmm. like candy. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. It's more of a pejorative than an actual. Yeah, it is. You're such a narcissist. You're such a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, guys, quit doing that. Yeah. Stop doing it. It's fun. To uh, say you don't it. have to. Do, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Right. You really you just don't. Yeah. And we'll talk about prevalence here um, between like 0.6 and 4 percent. OK. So what Across you're saying our is po- if you think you're married none. to a narcissist or a psychopath, <laughs> you're probably you're not. not. <laughs> so those are the psycho psychopath prevalence. Narcissism might be a little bit higher. Yeah. But um, yeah. So narcissism, borderline personality disorder histrionic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. So mm-hmm. like we're going to talk about all of the features that mm-hmm. exist in there. Um, but one of the questions that I get a lot from just anybody that's interested is what's the difference between a psychopath and a mm-hmm. sociopath? So um, there are lots of different people over the years, you know, psychology bigwigs that mm-hmm. have defined and coined terms. But uh, one of the leading researchers in criminal psychopathology is uh, Dr. Robert Hare. He's a Canadian yeah. forensic psychologist. Lots of us have read books by him. What without was content, the main one? Yeah, without, without conscience. conscience. Yeah, that's right. Snakes and Suits is another awesome one about the corporate psychopath. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that he defines these, a psychopath is born and a sociopath is made. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a sociopath, you would be able to identify lots of things in their history that might explain why they would go on to develop uh, callousness, lack of emotionality, lack of empathy, right? Disregard for other people's well-being because of their surroundings as like a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. to protect against those things. Somebody that you would deem a psychopath or a primary psychopath you can't identify anything like that. You know, they, they should be okay. They should be fine. <laughs> right. By all, you know, for all 
uh, all consideration, by all consideration, they should be fine. Um, those are the really scary ones, right? Um, they have almost zero uh, positive like health outcomes and therapy, cl- clinical trials, all this stuff. So when you think of the worst of the worst, like that would be where you'd categorize that group. Um, so like immediately as that's absolutely from an evolutionary standpoint. Okay. Right. Like nature, nurture, epigenetics, the interplay between genes and environment as Christians, what we actually understand is that all of us are born with the capacity to become Ted Bundy. Mm. Right. Yeah. That is actually the blueprint that we start with. And it is only common grace and then more specific grace. If you're saved, that prevents you from, developing fully being the that. worst you could possibly be <laughs> at any moment yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah i would yeah i would say absolutely they're real but as christians we understand this differently like we yeah. understand this in light of total depravity in light of what sin has done to corrupt mm-hmm. both our spiritual nature and our like physical nature so and by god's grace i didn't become ted bundy it was more like al bundy uh <laughs> I loved Al Bundy. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he could have been a little sociopath. <laughs> uh, lots of characters on TV. Right. Yeah. What would be the benefit that, what would be the benefit to naming and labeling these things from a, from a counseling standpoint, mm-hmm. just from a Christian standpoint? What's the benefit? Is there a benefit? So I feel, yeah, that's a complicated answer. Um, if you name it and categorize it, you can potentially protect yourself against it, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about like why most people are very easily taken in by psychopaths. They're very charming, sure. very manipulative. And most of us want to believe that the people we interact with aren't lying to us, yeah. right? Aren't yeah. manipulating us. Names and, names and labels and definitions help us process it and right. understand so it. it. Yeah. So um, like I'm a Calvinist, right? Like, but I just believe in the Bible. I'm a Christian. I'm going to say those things at first, but then somebody asked me what I believe about it. And then I go, Calvinist. you can be more specific. Yeah, we can be more specific. When you, when I think about this conceptually, the reason I want to know clinically, if those terms apply to you is because I'm going to put you into a category of people that I'm going to treat totally differently. Hmm. Um, we know also as Christians, that a lot of the worldly wisdom, therapeutic intervention, it's all very Band-Aid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as Christians, we have like the actual surgeon, right? The perfect healer. So you don't ever want to categorize someone as too far gone. I mean, like, look at me, look at Paul. Yeah. Right. We're not, we're not too far gone. And that's the attitude you have as a Christian. If there is a non-repentant, human in front of me and he meets these like I'm going to treat him a lot differently Mm -hmm. than I would treat somebody else Mm -hmm. Um, because they're they just don't work all the research supports therapeutic intervention Mm -hmm. it's not about trying to change the psychopath it's about trying to protect the community from them Mm -hmm. if they're dangerous so Mm -hmm. right you know when I when I think of um, sociopath or psychopath, I always go right back to the show Sopranos, if you oh. guys ever seen oh, uh-huh. that. Yeah, okay. I was in love with that show. It was one of the first shows that had really good writing for TV and not movies. Mm. And Tony Soprano, a mob boss, had 
anxiety and panic attacks and sort of a Freudian atmosphere of the relationship with his mom caused that. Mm. So, but he's a mob leader who's killing and stealing and no regard for society. And, but he couldn't do his job because he kept having panic attacks, right? So he goes and sees his therapist. She cures his, her, his panic attacks and helps him become a better sociopath. Yeah. Doesn't really change those behaviors. <laughs> Just Yikes. changes the symptoms of something else that had nothing to do uh, with one another. What an interesting commentary yeah. there for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just thinking about how this is something we've talked about and I think is really important, but as Christians, like, uh, you know, we wouldn't buy into once an addict, always an addict. Right. That's right. Correct. Like we would yes. reject the AA model of right. addiction. And so my thought is like, how are we helping somebody who's a Christian or really anybody, honestly, by saying, oh, this is what you are. This is what you always will be. There's Mm -hmm. no hope. There's no, like, you are this, therefore you're, Mm -hmm. you're a slave to that identity forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, that's just, it seems like whenever I talk to people who are talking about like clinical, psychological, it's like, that is what this person is, period, the end, yeah. no hope. I would say that is re- like relatively accurate. Mm-hmm. The appraisal of this specific group of people mm-hmm. would be that way. Um, or at least less. Why? less. Well, because they don't have a cure. They don't have. Well, right. I guess may- is maybe the difference is we're looking at um, less common grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not that those people can't be miraculously right. regenerated right. just like all of us were right. but they're they 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 don't they fit into a category outside of a lot of unbelievers which is mm-hmm. those people still want to have jobs not mm-hmm. do anything to harm other people they want to be good citizens right um yeah like uh, the question that uh, got asked uh, you know how do they fear god they can't fear emotion they can't show emotions or anything like that well i mean like how do you fear god when you're unregenerated anyway when when you're not born again right um none of us will unless something miraculous happens to our heart and so we have to go to the immaterial side we have to go to the spiritual side we know that something needs to change internally well mm-hmm. that that's something that only the Holy Spirit could do. Right. And so us Christians would never lose hope on somebody um, mm-hmm. um, like that. They can change by the grace of God. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's no big and if deal. They were so if they were showing callous behavior, yeah. toward, well, like, you know, like it, <laughs> if, if, if James was with you and your son mm-hmm. and he, there was a person who met a certain criteria in front of him that showed a regular re- disregard for human life, he would treat that person different, especially mm. if you and your son were there. Right. I need to protect myself and my family, dif- or I need to interact with this individual differently than I would mm. if I didn't know these things about them. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that that would be useful, certainly in a legal sure. setting. Um, I think, so like in a perfect world, right, where uh, we're all Christian, we're all believing, I, or we're all on our way to believing, Um as a therapist that has identified a psychopath, hmm. your treatment plan would probably be just sharing the gospel, hmm. just the gospel, because what research has shown with all of this is that individuals and groups of psychopaths just get better at psychopathing and hmm. sociopathing. When you put them together, you put them in therapy. Um, so that would be like, yeah, that would be how I would probably approach it. Hmm. I, w- I would be curious to see how other Christian counselors would do something like that. What's the secular, like, clinical response 
to the go- like sharing the gospel. No, no to, to like how to deal with a psychopath. Yeah. Um, incarceration, incarceration, medication. Yeah. There, there is another um, it's, it's like accountability. Yeah, yeah, accountability right. measures. It's so lock and key. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people who really yeah. do exhibit these behaviors are not people that integrate with society. Mm-hmm. They and okay. they may they may be charming enough to integrate for, for a time. For, right. For I mean, even some years, like you talk years, about corporate psychopathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some forever, um, right. but that it's indicating certain behaviors that are not going to do well with just normal life like how we live even you know like the corporate psychopaths they're still going to have terrible relationship history right right, they're going to have a horrible time making and maintaining relationships especially healthy ones which sort of suits them pretty well in their environments but outside of that it's yeah i keep bringing up movie examples (laughs) Um, no, I think like that's, what, gener- that's yeah. what generates the interest yeah. of right, the, right, in the right. psychopath. Because like, Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio's uh, character in there, and uh, everybody he's around. That. Oh, I really? Yeah, everybody he's around. I mean, cocaine flooded, money hungry uh, mm-hmm. Wall Street guys that are disregarding everybody. They don't yeah. care if they rob the poorest of right. the poor. Like to long- stab your grandma, right? And to then, get a promotion, and then mm-hmm. in even just in basic environments when they're on a plane, it's total mm-hmm. licentious, uh, licentiousness and just uh, alcohol yeah. and just disregard for everybody. Who are these people? Because like, they have power, you know. Yeah. And uh, who's going to tell a billionaire? No, and that, or at least that's what they think in their mind. That's how they perceive it. I would get them in front of me. It's extreme. <laughs> it's extreme idolatry. Without you know, it's like almost what Hitler was. I mean, it's not even a, it's with Street. money yeah. and Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. with money. Yeah. yeah, it's not extreme. We're all yeah. like the Jeff says, spit shining that golden calf of ourselves. Right. Sure. It, it all goes back down to idolatry and what are mm. you serving and what generates that and that piques our interest because you know we live. In sort because of we a all to yeah, it. I mean, we, we do live in in sort of a categorical cause and effect yeah. world, and you know what leads up to that disposition. Were you born with that disposition? How did you acclimate to that environment? What is your environment showing you? Right. And uh, you give somebody money, well, Justin Bieber at 18 years old, give him a billion dollars and see what Wasn't he does. Wasn't he younger than that? <laughs> you know, well, I, whatever, 16, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. He was young. Yeah. He was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you give some, you give a young kid with no foundation, discipline, knowledge, wisdom, that much money. I'm not surprised you went off the rails. I don't think any of us are. Yeah. No. Poor Justin. So it's almost like base. Okay. Well, we all know all this stuff just from a Christian worldview standpoint, but it's almost like from her question, she said, how do we view the fact that they can't fear or feel certain emotions? And I guess we would say that's not a fact. Maybe that's something that you're, they're not currently doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something that they have grown into not doing or Mm -hmm. were born not doing. But we believe that with the Holy Spirit, that all of those things can be just totally demolished mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. built yeah. Um, correctly. So there is, and it's just, I do think there's this just idea that, again, it's the once an addict, always an addict. Once a psychopath, always a psychopath. There's this idea that does not come from scripture right? Mm-hmm. that you can't change. Right. But that's what's promised. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's what that's what the new that's what Jesus promises. New life, new heart, right. new desires. Regeneration. Have, yeah. Yeah. All of mm-hmm. that. Um, it's just not something that you're stuck with. But do you guys would you say that those that could be diagnosed clinically as psychopaths, would you say that that is something that 
couldn't change without the Holy Spirit? Like, is that category so, and I mean, I would say no, because I know addicts that are no longer addicts. And I know, you know what I mean? Like, I would say no, but I don't know what you guys would say about that. So I would I like my, my immediate response to that would be, um, I think most of us could find enough external motivation Mm. to make changes, Mm. but if that's what you're doing when you go to AA and you start praying to the, you know, the good old boys or the doorknob, whatever. Um, I've seen people do it. All oh. your, your sobriety isn't, it's based in the idol, not in the actual creator. And it's right. totally right. like not stable at all. Anything yep. can come in and wreck it. So I would say like, if you could be convinced to control and modify your behavior and impulses, sure. Like, is that mm-hmm. possible for some people in this group? Probably. Mm-hmm. But you are not going to get a curative effect, like no longer fighting that impulse, mm. the desire, mm. you know, and your motivation for it is going to be because I don't want to be in trouble. Like, I don't want to go back to prison or like X, Y, and Z. Not it's great n- motivation. Not Not wonderful. I mean, you know. We can not want to go to jail. That's great. But it isn't a long lasting. And if you're already. If you're already there's just people there are just people as hard as it seems to wrap your mind around. There are just people that don't care if they go. Oh, yeah. Like that's that's, true. That's the extent of the depravity that we're talking about. There are plenty of people that. Yeah, they receive so much, so much common grace and they're living functional lives. They're very Mm -hmm. blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there are people that are just they realize young Mm -hmm. that like, what can you really do? How are you really going to punish me? Oh, you're going to send me to jail. Okay, Yeah. So I think that's kind of where the whole like and I'll call it like urban myth that psychopaths don't fear comes from. That is not that isn't factual to begin with. You might find someone who doesn't typically respond with the same like fear response that Mm. we do. Um, But it's not it's not about not not feeling fear. Um, it would be would true to say that emotions like the same palette of emotions that we experience mm-hmm. is experienced by them but differently right right they don't experience fear the same way that we do right. they don't experience rage the same way that we do um, and there are there's lots of physiological evidence i mean there are brain differences mm-hmm. when you look at this group and like a normal population mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their amygdala is smaller um it's that it's it's interesting, right? To mm-hmm. to think about, um, but ultimately, to go back, like to go back to answering your question, Summer. I think it benefits us to categorize them mm. so that we can understand it. But yeah. we have to do that as Christians, standing mm-hmm. on our worldview given to us by the Creator of the universe, mm-hmm. right? He, like that's how we understand things like this at all um one of my favorite examples to use is uh the show dexter (laughs) like in this other show and then there was this one movie (laughs) i don't know why no one has brought up better call saul yet because oh yeah oh that was my next one um so but a real life killer a real life (laughs) sociopath uh, Richard Kuklinski, yeah. if oh, any of you guys mm-hmm. are familiar with yep. um, him. He was uh, a maf- mafia hitman for hire. Mm-hmm. And by his count, actually, like per his memory, 
because he he was very clear that he had some he's sure he was leaving out over 200 mm-hmm. yeah. people that he and killed. And they, they're extensive interviews. Oh, yeah. What's the... Um... Robert Hare actually interviews him. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. You can watch it I didn't it realize that was him, but yeah, yeah you... So you, you don't actually... really see him, actually. There's only like one or two clips where you see and, Hare and what right. crime, interview. And what crime syndicate, which is uh, Italian? The mafia. I don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, the mafia. I actually have no okay. idea. There are but more yeah, than one. Very... What other crime syndicates exist outside of the Italian one? Irish? There's a lot of them. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I know. Japanese. I just want to go on record and say that I don't know enough any of them, <laughs> who they are, or where they live, or anything I've about I've heard of the them. name, but like, I, I love mob history and everything. I know I get, that's so. Nick's true crime area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mob. He really, he really, he. I mean, yeah. I guess to use non like secular Words. terminology, he really just exhibits All like it. the the most. He just does not care. Mm-hmm. He does not, he will, he describes oh, yeah. his actions and appears to be very Unmoved. unaffected. Is this the guy, the movie, like the Iceman? Yes. Made yeah. Ice, on? The ice, ice box killer, Iceman. Ice killer. Iceman. 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 Yeah. It was yeah. Iceman. Yes. Saw that movie. That <laughs> Just... and, and, and Dexter had the ice truck killer. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. That's right. That's right. It's really fascinating actually, because he does stay very, very calm through most of the interview, but there is a moment where you can watch him mm-hmm. like do a, like a rage, rage out. It's very small. Um, mm. And it's when Robert Hare challenges him because this is like a very common feature in psychopathy, sociopathy. We're talking about somebody that has such small self-worth that they cannot tolerate criticism. So if you make fun of them or if they perceive that what you have said is in making fun of them, if you laugh at them or they perceive you are laughing at them, if you set them up to be embarrassed, right, or if you embarrass them, even if it was unintentional, you can get what we call like narcissistic rage and you can watch Kuklinski's face change just slightly as Hare challenges him in this moment and then he remembers like where he is. And right. who he's with, I'm and it camera. settles down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, it's. It, I mean, it, I I have I've seen people that aren't psychopaths do that. Oh, sure, totally. Like totally. that's so. This 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 is where my questions come in. Is like, what is the difference? Okay, so people are gonna exhibit traits of things all the time. It isn't until they're exhibiting lots of traits together, and it's you know impacting their functioning and other mm-hmm. people's that it becomes a pro- like a right. really big problem. Yeah, we use the term yeah. disorder when it starts interfering in your daily yeah. lives and you're unable to actually get those done right. or at least uh, not functionally or dysfunctionally or whatever. Um, so everybody has narcissistic traits because we're idolaters. Except Summer. And, Summer yeah, 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 She's yeah. over here. We've, we've all been self-centered. We've all thought about ourselves more than others. Right. We've yeah. all failed to love our neighbor. Uh, yeah. But then there is this hyper where you're doing it every second, every minute. And that is actually the it way It never you think. turns and, off. There's and, just, yeah. That's just... Yeah what you're doing yeah so encompassingly right your right. personality structure is and this that is way. generally going to like make you a certain kind of person that yeah. is going to be dealing more with the legal system mm-hmm. with typically clinical treatment yeah. mm-hmm. because you're going to find yourself like at the extreme the people that ex- that ex- that's people that are unchecked yeah um 
that that people who are unchecked in their sin and there's little consequence in their sin or their response to the consequences of their sin is yeah. sort of minimal. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, like there, there might be kind of a like a slap on the wrist, but right. nothing. The restraint they've, there's not ever been any sort of restraining hmm. force. Right. And so I do, they're just going to, they're not going to look like, I guess if what you want to call your average person. Right. Um, and, and it's not so much as that they didn't receive the common grace to coexist, I suppose, if you want to say it that way. Mm. It's just that they're ignoring all of that. Right. Uh, they're right. not a, you know, we fail to give thanks to God. We give over to a debased mm. mind. And there are certain individuals who there's are. Like there's like a spectrum of debased mind, right? Yeah. And a spectrum of consequences of yes. a debased yeah. mind. And, right. and I, I look at that when it starts to hyperize itself, too, right. as well. Um, and uh, we see this in drug addiction all the time. Yeah, yeah. As well. lots of so, drug yeah. addicted people yeah. manifest mm-hmm. n- like narcissism, antisocial symptoms that might not be there yeah. without the substance. Right. You know, if you, uh, if you will indulge on. just a, uh, just a, a second, I have a story. Um, I, again, I do a lot of street ministry. I talk to a lot of addicts on the street. They're usually homeless. And we were talking to this individual who seemed sweet at first, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was, mm-hmm. and. All of a sudden, the uh, the topic of right and wrong came up uh, for, mm. in just the course of the interview. And, uh, well, you know, she goes, how do you know right from wrong and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, we're apologists and we, you know, we're, we're saying, well, we want to know from the Bible. And we start explaining that. And all of a sudden, she looks to the left and she starts yelling and screaming and she starts talking to somebody. And all of a sudden, she pauses, looks at my partner and goes, I'm sorry, I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking to somebody else. Oh. But she was responding to the question. And it wasn't like I'm talking to somebody else in my mind and I know reality. No, I'm actually talking to somebody else. Now, this is psychosis and it was more right uh, which is yeah, different yeah. than psychopathy yeah. and sociopathy yes. very very different not a, yeah. in the same neighborhood. not even in the same neighborhood but some of the same category of features when you were talking about something uh like uh, impulsively mm-hmm. so they're looking at the past because somebody's had this conversation with them before and mm. it attacked them and it hurt them or they perceived uh that hurt and when that question was generated again all of a sudden they're you know transformed back into that reality wow. and they're start talking about it and it's easy to call those people oh they're psycho they're psycho they're, no that's I mean, wrong that's, just, that's wrong don't do that yeah <laughs> now somebody uh, who is psychotic doesn't yeah. is not a psychopath yeah no, those two are not connected how do you deal with that situation as a patient if you have that knowledge long suffering can be given yeah. and uh me and my partner were like <sighs> took a deep breath and then let her finish and then yeah. she snapped back to reality. And now maybe that is not going to always happen. But the camera and everything like that, she realized that where she was, where she was yeah, um, uh, mm. there. And and then actually apologized and continued to apologize because she embarrassed herself. She realized that she was embarrassed. So that was probably mm. drug-induced psychosis. Right. Uh, definitely, definitely. With uh, mingled in with traumatic experiences or mm. pain and, and on those things. I mean, we have, I mean, we, we're so complex to mm. predicate anything on a single variant cause is undermining right. yeah. the harm and the suffering that the human condition goes through. Um, and so everything was coming out at that, one, uh, at that moment. Mm. And um, it was kind of a sight to see now i've seen that before but you know not at not at circle k you know right. <laughs> and um 
And uh, it, it was heartbreaking when we saw that. And then we continued to interview and then uh, try to get her some help, which she refused and actually said, I'd rather be homeless and I don't see anything wrong with drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a person that just got out of jail, did mm-hmm. not look good. Um, clothes were torn. Mm-hmm. Um, um, lips were chapped like no other. So dehydrated extremely and would rather smoke fentanyl. Mm. And uh, be homeless in Tempe. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that chemical avoidance does, which is what Mm -hmm. like using substances chronically like that is, is it numbs you out. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the things we haven't really talked about exactly yet, but was part of the question that she asked, like Mm -hmm. that lack of feeling, the callousness, the does she say? Lack of empathy? Maybe I'm misremembering that. um, Lack of emotion, maybe? The fact that they can't fear or feel certain emotions. Right. So, again, it's not that they don't have them. It's just that they experience them very differently. I Mm. like the metaphor of a colorblind person at Mm. a traffic light, right? Mm. Like, you might know that the light is red because of the position, right? You know the top light is red. But that doesn't mean that you know what red is, right? Can you describe red? So it's there's still an experience of it, but it's different. It's different than the average person. So um, some of the defining features of the psych, psych, psychopath, sociopath, um, we should I mean, we should just talk about it. Yeah. So callousness, lack of empathy. There's lots and lots of buzz in Christendom with the word empathy right now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what we mean is disregard right for somebody else's well-being whether mm. that that's their physical integrity or their emotional well-being well, like a lot of people don't like they have the the ability to rob a person right but they would say like i would not want to be robbed, robbed mm. so i'm not gonna rob right. someone else mm. that act of putting yourself even imaginally is that a word into yeah. somebody else's it shoes right yeah um if I don't care what happens to you, that makes me the most dangerous person in the room. Yeah. Because I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to you. Right. Um, there's lots of processes at work and stuff here, like objectification. A, like a real criminal psychopath is going to look at another human being the same way they would look at a chair or a table mm-hmm. and assign mm-hmm. the same value to right. them. Um, which also which makes it- Which we see a lot. Yeah, yeah. We it, see a very uh, reckless- Yeah. Uh, some of that is new age theology. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they're not. That's an acting, interesting. I've yeah. not thought about yeah. it that way they're before. They're not acting consistent to that theology, but if they would. But they never they right. qualify so, for what yeah. you're just talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, so I thought it would be kind of fun just to kind of do like a little summary of each of the personality disorders that fall in this cluster. Right. So if again, if a psychologist is diagnosing somebody in this sociopathic psychopathic realm they're going to be using personality disorders as the diagnosis right they might say with psychopathic features with sociopathic features but the diagnosis will be a personality disorder and then after you're done with that too as well i house also has some biblical traits there uh, regarding false teachers and oh yeah that'll be so much fun scripture right (laughs) okay so the first one in this cluster is antisocial personality disorder so whenever i say that like most people's knee-jerk reaction is oh like they don't want to be around people. No, it has zero to do with that. This is these are people who they're, they're per- just introverted. Yeah, they don't want to talk. Right, they'd rather cat than they're people. shy. Yeah. <laughs> Introverts. Okay. Um, 
So this individual's personality is marked by a pattern of disregard for and violation of the rights of others. So criminal, criminal, like mm-hmm. thieves. You just because you've stolen something doesn't mean you're going to fall into this category, right. right? Like lots of people exhibit single things across all of this stuff all the time doesn't make you a psychopath, but a pattern, a pervasive pattern, yeah. right? So criminality, impulsivity, and a failure to learn from experience. Does that not sound like drug addicts? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Like actively using drug addicts for sure. Oh, so yeah. So antisocial is right at the top. Borderline personality comes next. These are my favorite. Yeah, what is that? Oh. People talk about <laughs> talk about that all the time. Oh my god, you guys need to have me back on, and we'll do a whole episode on borderline. Um, as far as I know, I've only met one borderline, someone who was diagnosed as borderline personality. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And that I was, didn't diagnose them, no. but they were definitely different than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> okay. All right. What What does this mean? <laughs> I know who she's talking about, but I'm, of course, I'm not going to say. Um, yeah. Are you guys talking about me? <laughs> Nick, we just talked seems about very, He's yes, just over there that. watching movies. Leave him alone. Right. He's Sorry, watching Tony Soprano. I was talking to somebody there. else, not yeah. you. <laughs> So my kind of like cliche colloquial way of describe describing borderline personality disorder is um, my my theme song, my fight song is I love you. I hate you. Don't leave me. Please go. Yeah. Okay. so it again, marked by a pattern of instability in personal relationships, self image. So like if somebody criticizes you again, you're you go from maybe idealizing yourself to. I am the worst that yeah. ever existed. The worst a of the very, This is a very emotionally driven, coaster, yes. vulnerable person. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And that is why it is so exhausting. Yeah. Um, because they kind of vacillate between idealization and mm. demoralization. So one minute you're like atop the pedestal and the next moment you have toppled off of it. So it's it's very energy intensive. And you're describing most stand up comics. <laughs> a lot of people develop this in response to trauma. But yeah. So anyway, yep. also impulsivity in this um histrionic i think of gary Busey. so okay these are people that are excessively emotional and driven to really unusual antics because of their attention seeking um lots of the time they're extremely sexual so like oh man i guess what i imagine it would be like walking into the bunny like bunny ranch as a patron right oh. just like mm. throwing themselves at people using sex to yeah. get their way manipulate um you're describing just, most stand-up comics like, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> they're all psychopaths <laughs> <laughs> um i'm not i should just say like, i'm not offering a diagnosis i'm just on anyone also nick I used to do stand-up sl- comment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stand-up we should say that. Yeah. Yes. Nick was a stand-up yes. comment. Yeah. Now, all those things that you just said were actually uh, mingled in with addiction problems. Right. And He's identifying. By the grace of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. the characteristics it's just... across this category. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, as we continue this episode, try to think more of uh, identifying these in yourself than of the person you live with or oh, are close to. Or, the person yeah. you're mad at. This episode's not a weapon. No, no right? No, no except like, for two stand-up comics. Okay. <laughs> Remove the login vino knife yeah. first, right? Yeah. Um, okay, and last but not least, my favorite of the four narcissistic 
personality disorder. So this is another term that gets used. We've yeah. talked about already. Um, somebody being selfish or callous <laughs> does not make them a narcissist. <laughs> so stop. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that, if you're like calling your husband or your friend or your mother-in-law a narcissist because mm-hmm. they did something that made you feel like they were callous and mm. disregarding your stop that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if there are a, if there's a problem, if there's a real problem, please address. Yeah, please address but it. <laughs> you don't need to go no. throwing you, around. Don't and throw <laughs> a fit and be calling people yeah, a narcissist. Humans yeah. know have to, you know they we know how to go after the jugular. We know what makes people hurt, especially girls. And, yeah. Yes, and when we are calling you something that's actually a disorder, we're really expressing our hatred for mm. what you are or what you've done mm-hmm. or both at the same time and mm-hmm. we're going to attack you to let you feel that and that's why these words that actually have meaning I know that get used as a pejorative point. yeah yeah it really does mm-hmm. like are well, we looking at any image bearer of god and in what we're calling them making it impossible for it? or mm-hmm. or projecting on them like a false idea that mm-hmm. we don't believe they're capable of being saved right. or transformation well and how much of that is your perception right like if we're talking mm-hmm. about Ladies, especially Mm -hmm. women have the ability to remember and catalog so many details, so many moments in their life. And we use these things to turn our husbands into narcissists, our mother-in-laws into narcissists. We create this narrative. And then anytime anything, any of those traits is exhibited, it gets filed away into our dissertation that will one day be, (laughs) I don't know, presented (laughs) for the family. In front of in front of God. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Okay, so a pattern of grandiosity. Do we know what that is? Do we need to talk about what grandiosity is? Okay. Uh, I think we got it. Need Mm. for admiration Mm -hmm. and lack of empathy. Mm. Okay. So these are all grouped together because they have shared features, right? But they're not... Those shared features actually don't comment at all on like the secular hypotheses about their origin. So Mm. there's no comment here on how the psychopathology develops grouping them together anyway. Right. Um, So yeah, so... Again, when you hear a psychologist talk about this, like a psychopath or a sociopath, this is the group of people they're talking about. Mm. Um, so let's actually let's move on to scripture and and try to try to analyze something here. Yeah. And this is what I do. Like I, I'll take the DSM and then I'll take my Bible and I know everything in, in, theologically, and I start not necessarily redefining but interpreting how oh, yeah. what I would think about it. So Christian, right. it's a really good. A study and exercise to do. And so we'll just give you an example here. Um, and it's I, just one of the reasons we yeah. love Nick. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. great. It's, it's great. Um, so I thought it were appropriate to go to the book of Jude, who's writing, right, um, to uh, exhort um, to contend for the faith, right? There's people that are coming in uh, that are being divisive, splitting up the church, and he gives them a list of qualities. And I'll start with verse eight, and he goes, in like manner, these people are also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. Mm. But when the archangel Michael uh, contended uh, with the devil, with disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the, sa- uh, for the sake of gain to Balaam's heir and perished in Korah's rebellion. So we have the ways of Cain, 
which is murderous. Right. We have Balaam, which is greed. And we have Korah, which is a need for uh, power. Yeah, adoration. Mm-hmm. However, not just a need for adoration, but to usurp somebody else that has it. So if you have authority, I don't I don't just want authority in my own right. I want to take your, it from you. To take it from you. Mm-hmm. And that's what Cord would would do to Moses. And he says people are entering into the church like this. Later on he says they were marked out for that condemnation. And so theologically we have to understand that he's not talking about psychopaths or anything like that. But uh, I'm not surprised to see a false teacher fall into some of these categories that we just Scene. Well, I think, I mean, he's not specifically using that terminology, but he is describing characteristics yeah. of people that would have been around then, yeah. too. Well, yeah, I mean, disregard n- for others, yeah. greedy, murderous, and I hatred want power. for authority. Yeah, yes. hate. Oh my gosh. They I want mean, to be yeah. the authority. Huge. Yeah. Which I'm uh, sorry, everyone right. listening to this yes. has, no. has struggled with that. that. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> At no. one point or another. <laughs> to answer that question, you know, how do they feel? How do they do this? How do they do that? Even a false teacher, by the grace of God, yeah. Can renounce. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if they have these features and we go, oh, that guy's a sociopath and maybe we're right in our assumptions and not just using it as a pejorative. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, can change by the grace of God. No doubt about it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And there has. Look at Paul. Look at anybody yes. else. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Tammy Faye Baker was a huge false prophet. But at the end uh, of her life, she mm. renounced all of that. Did she? And yes. That. I didn't know that. And either. she actually, you know, like four or five years before she passed away, uh, said, you know, prosperity is a heresy. And and it wasn't just like Benny Hinn's fake repentance and still mm. doing the same thing. She renounced it all, got herself off television, got herself off radio, mm. stopped writing articles, stopped doing this. Mm. Things that we wish Kanye would do mm. if, you know, you know what I mean? Like get out. And um, she was no longer the crying lady who feeling very spiritual right mm. now. She got redeemed. I believe that. I mean, I, I don't want to shoehorn any faith, but just the sure. evidence that uh, was presented, I go, yeah, I mean, this is a person who was deeply convicted following her husband yeah um and then repented of her sins uh for the things that she was saying and how much mm. money that uh, she stole praise you know what i mean and so wow. you know yes you know can a narcissist changed yes can a murder change yes can right. a psychopath change absolutely is that going to happen in your average therapist's office though probably not no they're going to throw a stapler at you but i mean mm. you know. well they probably won't <laughs> necessarily do that yeah i mean that's kind of what i'm coming away with is just like the general hopelessness of the mm-hmm. kind of secular worldview mm-hmm. of putting you in this box mm-hmm. and saying, yes this is who you are and it's not going to change so we're going to find measurements to like work around it mm-hmm. like we're just going to deal with this thing that's broken uh, by not actually attempting to fix what's broken, but to kind of put pads around yeah. it so it's not as bad. Bandage mm-hmm. it up. Um, well, and it all, it's all taking place in this like sort of alternate reality where there is no God. Right. It's like the method, you can see that yeah. it's the method being used because it can't acknowledge mm. God. Right. Otherwise it would just topple everything and yeah. then all of a sudden people would be uh, beholden to an authority yeah. that right. they don't want to be. Yeah. Right. And it's funny. I mean, uh, we just listed all the criteria and the biblical criterion is you're a blasphemer who acts like Cain, Balaam, and Korah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like that paints the same it does, picture does it that we yes. would like bring to mind of an individual that we think right, right. would fall into this category. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I totally spaced earlier when I brought this up, but Richard Kuklinski. So the reason that I would put him into the sociopath category and you guys said there was a like a movie. 
Yeah. Okay, so I've only seen the documentary. I've only yeah. seen the documentary as well. Um, and I can't remember exactly the specifics, so nobody hold me to the exact specifics, but he witnessed some insane yeah. trauma as a child. Um, so like you ask yourself, why would somebody develop callousness or lack of empathy? Like what benefit would that serve, you know, in protection? And if as a as a kid who has just not even the brain power, the development yet to understand hmm things right higher executive functioning type things Mm -hmm. if you are so chronically exposed to terror right well especially at the hands of your parents who are supposed to be protecting you protecting and discipling you it is your it's your it's a parent's job Job. to teach their kids how to be right and Mm -hmm. they do Right. right. Whether they're raising arrows or what Kuklinski's parents, you know, it, it was a domestic violence situation from yeah. H.E. double hockey sticks, you yeah. know. Um, and I think he recounts in the the documentary at some point watching his dad force his mom onto the roof to play chicken yeah, like with a gun. Mm-hmm. So if you are a four year old and you need to protect yourself emotionally from something like that, dissociating and sh- numbing out becomes really appealing and normal and the more chronically you are in circumstances like that the more you do it so what starts as like a relatively normal mechanism now just doesn't work it's completely shut down sin has some serious consequences and we respond to sin um in a very extreme ways especially when when you have no one to help you right right to uh, no one to tell you any truth right if all you have is just lies and no actual reality and no hope um and then you're just constantly the recipient of sin especially if you're just a victim of sin and you really had nothing to do you didn't do anything that (laughs) but yeah it i mean the effects are are Pretty substantial, though. I mean, you know, obviously it's worth saying that not everyone who grows up in a situation like that does what does the kind of things that he did. Right. Which is why none of the secular like etiologies actually explain this. But as Christians, we can. Hmm. We're all born this way. It's Mm -hmm. God's sovereignty and his exercising of mercy and grace that prevents us all from doing this right Mm -hmm. whether we had the environment that would have counted for it or not Mm -hmm. um yeah because like you get we didn't really talk about this in too much detail but the whole corporate psychopath like surgeons right how like top surgeons in their field how many of them have a great bedside manner how many of them have god complexes okay yeah so yeah (laughs) right like certain people find areas of society to function well in like right. if you are going to be the best at what you do like if you have a god comp what a great place to go mm-hmm. yeah what a yeah. great place to go C- very get worship mentality right. yes. Just, yeah yeah mm-hmm. right cutthroat joy surgery right you do have to have a, i mean it makes sense that you, you know as somebody who's cutting people open for a living yeah. right. there has to be a certain amount of disregard right detachment mm-hmm. there has to be a certain amount of detachment like that mm-hmm. makes it makes sense it mm-hmm. does and yeah, every surgeon I've spoken to is the rudest person I've ever spoken to. See, when I think of that, I think of the, the Todd from uh, Scrubs. Anybody oh, see yeah. the show Scrubs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Love Scrubs. Yeah. Love Scrubs. Yeah. I, yep. I think no. I Summer's going to be watching That's a lot it. of TV yeah, yeah. on That's maternity it. leave. 
<laughs> now, he was more of the hyperized, goofy character, right? right? But I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was narcissistic and womanizer kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. you do like we, you brought up uh, psychosis. Sometimes you do get some interesting interplay and like crossover yeah. with fetishism and stuff. Like you get some mm-hmm. some serial killers that are well. That's. I mean, I didn't know exactly how to bring this up, but like uh, we live in a culture that is very psychopathic. Uh, Yes. Um, (laughs) And then we certainly engage in a lot of um, we actually glorify a lot of behaviors that Mm -hmm. like number one thing I can think of is pornography that Mm -hmm. that uh, sort of dehumanizes. Um, We we live virtually a lot. And um, we glorify a lot of things that um, dehumanize people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is most people think pornography is completely acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to listen to Loveline back in the day in the 90s, which mm-hmm. is probably it wasn't pornography. It was probably my first introduction to that talk kind of thing. Uh-huh. And they were talking about, well, it's OK to introduce a little bit into your marriage and things like that. To right. Heat up the moment. Oh, pornography. They used, okay. Yeah, they used right. to talk about that all the time. And it has become so normal. You know right. what I mean? And that we don't even think about right. it. Now anymore. it's like yeah. a natural expression. We have taken so many things that are anti-authoritarian, selfish, dehumanizing, and we have made them. Mm-hmm. Prizes. Normal. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about psychosis, and you said uh, there's some similarity. Uh, there's some crossover yeah, some, sometimes. Yeah, um, and especially with fetishes and things like that, um, you know, obviously uh, sexual uh, immorality is one of them. Yeah. And especially in males, too, as well, with uh, methamphetamine or heroin. Yeah, and um, there are a lot of males who would identify as a heterosexual um, committing homosexual acts only because it, it, it it's that taboo fetish nature, not that they actually want to date or marry or anybody, but they'd get into that because it's another high. It's that fetish thing. And they can be controlling in that area too as well. Yeah. I like when you um, said debased mind. Yeah. Yeah. That pretty much covers covers it. it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't control it and it's impulsive. So... So right. dark. Yeah. It's very dark. dark. Yes. Yeah, I did yeah. a, a little, little dark in uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> a little statistical research before coming in today um and thought it would be fun to play mm-hmm. just a little guessing game. Okay. okay. So what are each of your guesses about the number one psychopathic state or region of the United States. Washington. I'm going to say San Francisco. Okay. Well, so yeah, I automatically California. think, but I automatically go with serial killers, which is not maybe necessarily, necessarily right. like the most, it's just probably the most poignant expression yeah. of <laughs> someone being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so part of me wants to think like California, uh-huh. Florida, um, Florida, has but the best then a part criminals. of me wants to think uh, because of the uh, like corporate, type nature i want to go with like maybe like new york washington dc chicago washington dc that's a great answer so washington dc yes yeah the paul the politicians i think that is so like god has just this amazing sense of humor um anyway this stuff came from i think from like a 2014 census i can make it available if you guys want to check my my sources here (laughs) um but you will be surprised by number two i think so what would you guess what state or region would fall into the number two spot after dc Mm -hmm. kansas Mm. i was gonna say oregon Mm. Mm. 
and that's only because of Portland. So, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> um, you said surprising, so now I think that's why she went Kansas. Yeah, because that well, would be like there's just like stories coming out of the Midwest. Like y'all are too normal this, in Kansas. The, the flatland. It's suspicious. You, it, there's like nothing to do. If you have seen what the Wizard of Oz crew <laughs> went through, yeah, yeah, like, and willingly live in, with tornadoes. tornadoes. Everyone like, that I know <laughs> automatically makes everyone I know that's that. lived in Kansas has not had a glowing review of Kansas of Kansas as a place to live. So I, I just well, I so. I'm just imagining like a bunch of murderers hiding in corn. (laughs) I know, children of the corn. Don't say Arizona. Okay, I have (laughs) never met nicer people than in Kansas. In 2015, I was driving home from Iowa and my truck broke down in Kansas right outside of a tiny, tiny little spit on the map town. That's what they wanted you to think. Yeah, I know. So you didn't fit their victim profile. I did That's all I'm saying. Right, they knew I'd be missed. You were carrying, so they were like, let her go. I was carrying, so... Um, but their total, their town had been completely destroyed in, I think it was 2008, by an F5 tornado. Hmm. All right, y'all. A mile wide at the base was this oh, storm. What? And over like two, they clocked like 220 something miles. Uh, there is no basement deep enough. No, there is no. There is no, no. field wide enough. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Helen Hunt would So survive. they had rebuilt this little town and as like homage and tribute to what happened. In all the new buildings, they had like diorama pictures of the destruction of this tornado. Wow. Um, it was, it was, yeah. And the whole time I was there, I, we ended up being there for a few days <laughs> because our truck was right dead. Done. And I was, yeah, the whole time. So Kansas doesn't need to worry about no, psychopathy said, so much. They're as not going there. Enormous tornadoes. Right. Mm. Maine would be number two. Oh, okay, it's cloudy Maine. there mm-hmm. and. Everyone's liberal. So <laughs> honestly, yes. the property is really all this. It's all the seafood they eat. I mean, every, I mean, every Stephen King novel takes place there. That's true. <laughs> scary place. Stay away from dairy, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually did read an, an interesting study too, just to kind of get my brain less scrambled and more fresh around this. That looked at world psychopathy rates, but it was a ridiculous study. So oh. I'm not oh. going to comment on it too much. Okay. Mm. Um, and they found essentially no significant dif- difference across country, even after accounting for every liberal variable you could come up with. So hmm. um, I was expecting it to be much more interesting than it turned out to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the least psychopathic state in the oh. u.s just to round out our game with three montana okay i'll go with with kansas <laughs> <laughs> the tornadoes ate all the psychopaths right. yeah. that's I'm, why they come i'm just gonna go uh, wyoming oh that would have been it yeah that was a good north carolina Way to go, guys. Yeah. Close. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I, yeah, I wasn't either. From After living in the South, that one surprised me, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. This, I'm, it'll be interesting to see how this changes like as soon as Over we get time. new census data. Sure. Right, that, right. Yeah. But, that's so interesting. Now, where's yeah. Salt Lake at? So moral, that's, what? Yeah, yeah where's Is that where Utah all the bodies about? are buried? Salt Lake? <laughs> so moral of the story is, as a Christian, right, you can understand any psychological anything through God's lens that he provides, right? Mm. Psychopathy as a Christian, you can understand very simply. Mm. 
it's total depravity manifest and that's it like it's not you don't need a more complicated explanation than that it's sin it's Mm -hmm. sin and you should be thanking the lord that prior to your salvation he stayed you from wearing high heels and eating people like gacy yeah so anyway yeah praise the lord and so, well, wow. it's, it, it, I mean, it's 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 not a very, uh, you know, this is not dinner conversation or anything like well, that. Well, it is but, when Joy and I. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true crime. How you're having dinner with true, us. Right. True crime. Yeah, right. true crime, popcorn, uh, all yeah. that stuff like that. But like, it is a kind of a dark conversation. We've even had moments in this conversation where we're like, wow, that you know, yeah. that really steers to the left. But this is serious stuff too, yeah. as well. And the Bible points this out. I mean, if you read the Proverbs, it does talk about people like this and what to stay away from. But we've acclimated in a culture where we do want to help and we want to help and we want to keep pursuing. And I think that- well, We want to the... make ourselves Jesus is it, what we want. Yes, right. We want to be the cure yeah. and the answer. At, be- at the same time, we want to love our neighbors. So a disregarding compassion is not yeah. something that we want to do. Uh, but pretending to understand everything about the human mind and why you're manifesting yeah. and, and then trying to go and trying to fix that mm. um, uh, uh, is probably something that we've hyperized in a sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then the closer we get to helping uh, somebody with an authority as, uh, you know, just like uh, as Christ, right, um, the more they want to reject it because the closer you get to healing, the closer you're going to get to repentance. And when you get to repentance, you're going to have to deal with yourself. And nobody wants to do that. Yeah. And when you have to deal with yourself, you talk about mental illness, dealing with yourself is mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> and it's extreme and it hurts and it's on our minds. That should be a bumper sticker. Yes, yes. Dealing with yourself is <laughs> yeah. mental illness. And so everybody's mentally ill in some case. <laughs> um, but like dealing, and so, and we certainly don't want an authority figure over us telling us about ourselves. We already have mm-hmm. to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so we just go uh, off into the other direction. We receive false wisdom, pseudo wisdom, pseudo mm-hmm. knowledge, pills galore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. knocking on a medication holistically. I'm just saying yeah. that we're using it too much. It's mm-hmm. hyperized, misdiagnosis everywhere, oh, yeah. um, especially in bipolar. And, 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 and there's, a, there's a lot of things uh, to look at and it really is all the rejection of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no problem receiving therapy. There's no problem receiving yeah. a diagnosis. Right, right. Oh, it's very popular yeah, yeah, to go to yeah. therapy yeah. now. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. And because they supposedly, quote unquote, have the answers. Right. Right. And uh, we even as counselors go, yes, I can help you, but he, it's, the answer is not an ethereal concept. Mm. It is a person, and his mm. name is Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from the over, excuse me, from the overflow of that mm. is where you're going to find your solace and so, peace. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, if you're going to therapy to understand yourself, check your motive. Mm. If you're going to therapy because you are experiencing debilitating psychological symptoms, mm-hmm. please continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to be so self-focused that we go to a therapist to explore ourselves as Christians without any legitimate reason to do that? Probably not. Yeah. So. I do have one question. <laughs> Should we as Christians be going to counseling therapists Ooh. that do not believe in sin? Oh, I is have there, the answer for is that. There, are yeah. there benefits? <laughs> okay. In the same way we're talking about band-aids for people, mm. right? Yes. Are If you're a Christian that's dealing with legitimate symptoms, you should probably be seeing a Christian. Mm-hmm. If it's not I feel like that yeah. should... I mean, I know a lot of people have that question. And yeah, it's not that you couldn't go to somebody who isn't a Christian and glean 
right? Some some techniques or something that might help be helpful, um, or even like un- self understanding. But again, that should not be the point of therapy. Right. That should not be like self actualization. That's not as a Christian, you're not doing that. You're going right. to therapy if you have a problem that you need to mm-hmm. address, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say if that's happening, like if you're really in a situation that warrants going to see a therapist, you should probably find one that believes like you do and understands yeah. how sin yeah. interacts with the world, interacts with flesh. We've done a whole entire episode on this uh, the question. Um, yeah, and we did. We really want pastors to be informed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We want people to start with their pastors and find yeah. the overflow of yeah. the church. And we want to uh, you know, have pastors be able to help these people, either get them connected with the people that the pastor and the therapist are now working in tandem to uh, with each other in some regard. Mm. And so that we know how to address certain situations. And I'm an advocate for that. And I would love institutions to be like that. Mm-hmm. I am newthetic foundationally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I don't disregard certain disorders and, and uh, you know, and how to help those uh, mm-hmm. disorders um, as well. Um, I believe in what Jay Adams said, not holistically, but foundationally, uh, yeah, um, neuthetic is uh, a Greek word for exhortation for, um, and, uh, what better use of the, than the Bible. So yeah, no, I'm a neuthetic counselor kind of yeah. thing. And, and so everything has to be from the overflow of the church. Theologically, I am going to have to say that. And I am convicted by that. Um, and then that means that we need to step up, uh, uh in, in this, uh, in this regard, we used to do that. We don't do that anymore. Mm. Um, and this is just one of those things that, uh, in the last, 50, 60 years, we've seen that the church just let go. Yeah, I think historically the church just kind of has a bad relationship with, like, even talking about Mm -hmm. anything mental, like, related. And Mm -hmm. that should, we should not be afraid of that at all as Christians. Well, so much of the terminology comes out of secular belief and this, and this, this whole system that's been created to reject God. And so I do think that, I think that translation that Mm -hmm. you guys were talking about um, is so necessary right. to have this conversation. Um, well, and I think that it's one of the reasons why, like, going to an unbelieving therapist could be could present an issue, right? Yes, um, yes definitely. If you don't have a filter developed enough to be able to tease out, right. like, that what they're saying is new, like, uh, like... It's going to appeal to your flesh right. a lot. <laughs> right, it's going to sound really great and it's going to feel really good, but that doesn't mean that it's good for us right right? or that like doing it wouldn't be a direct like disobeying what god tells us to do so um it's just like going to a surgeon they're very highly trained they're very skilled okay so like they don't have to be a believer to perform the surgery but you really want somebody that understands what sin like has done Mm -hmm. to the person and to the world to be helping you sort through in a talk therapy setting right so Mm -hmm. i'm sure there are lots of people out there that are rolling their eyes because they have lots of we don't have enough christian counselors right we don't um and and so people feel forced into that right right? there are a lot of so-called christian counselors that would just agree with everything yeah the the secular world or have no filter of their own and so they're telling you to do yoga they're telling you to yeah like yeah what i've seen out of christian counselors okay you're bipolar here's a psalm and a hug you know, and then oh, they right. Yeah, 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 Salmon a pill. Yeah, you know. 
And uh, I've heard that even, you know, I, I, it, you bring up yoga. I've heard people doing psalms and then go to, to yeah. yoga, trying to keep their Christian conviction and then go outside of that. Well, so in anything you do, keep your Christian convictions, funnel with that. Yeah. That's why we say start with the church. But that's Always part of the problem. Like you, you're, if you're not, if your filter isn't developed enough to catch things like yoga being a problem, mm-hmm. you might want to make extra Mm. careful that you are seeking counsel from people who have a similar worldview right as you well and and filtering through the beliefs of your therapist who is supposed to be helping you Mm -hmm. sounds like something you could do if you were going to therapy for to self-actualize which we already Mm -hmm. discussed right Mm -hmm. if you are actually having a problem that requires a doctor right you're probably don't want to put yourself into a position where you're having to constantly filter right. what your what the doctor is you. saying um, versus what you believe. Right. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want to spend the money that it takes to go to a therapist if you have to like deconstruct right. their psychology. Yeah. And this right. is why so trust is com- yeah. This is why trust is completely right. important, uh, even to the mentality uh, of an individual seeking help too, as well. If I can't trust you and I'm constantly having the yeah. filter, right. I'm not even hearing what you're saying right. in the first place, and I'm receiving no help. Right. And so a lot of, I mean, it, this could show that even people inside of the church maybe don't trust their pastors with situations. Mm. And what has yeah. created that maybe? Mm-hmm. Ill preaching, bad theology. I, you know, maybe you've already shown me a that historical you don't care. experience with a bad yeah. pastor, right. right? And you know, you're mm-hmm. taking that with you. Now, that's what a little mean. bit of that is always going to be on the person and the individual itself. And right. so, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, it. right? Mm-hmm. If, if I knew the situation holistically, I would go, okay, but I can't divvy up percentage points. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose that God could uh, and and, and will, <laughs> uh, but to a certain degree or in His own way, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we see this all over the place. We just had an episode on Roe v. Wade getting yeah. overturned, mm-hmm. and we uh, and we understood that some pastors were telling us not to rejoice. Right? <sighs> how? Why would we not rejoice? You know how many prayers have been answered mm-hmm. <laughs> in this decision, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we can't praise God for prayers being answered, mm-hmm. and you're worried about your your congregant members being hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, hurt—that's uh, an internal suffering right in an existential circumstance that a pastor did not uh, uh, ascertain and to the point now where you have some kind of mental illness in your church oh, and no. you're blaming others for exacerbating that because their prayers are, are answered you didn't do your job mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well I, okay i'm sorry hurt feelings are just not they're not on the other side of the murder ratio yeah right right Right. I'm so sorry that your mm-hmm. feelings are hurt about that. Right. Mm-hmm. But not really. Yeah. You right. want to you want to see I'm a therapist. I'm way more sorry yeah. for the dead baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm more if, sorry. Well, if yeah. you have people in your pews that are upset that babies lives will be saved. Yes. You a... you have bigger problems. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You ha- you're telling me you have unbelievers in, right, your, pews in your pews is mm-hmm. what you're telling yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Or minimally, extremely deceived baby Christians. And yes. that you didn't care enough. Yeah. Like poor, very poorly disciplined. And that yeah. you didn't care enough to tell them to repent. Right. right. And that is part of that, uh, you know, especially a Christian therapist. You, you're going to go there. You're going to hear hard things mm. because you we've, should be. we've acclimated into an environment where the therapist is your buddy and it's on your side mm-hmm. and everything is affirmed what you are, who you are, what you do, your worldview. Mm. We even 
even have counseling approaches like uh, you know uh, uh, a queer approach or feminism psychology and it's all that was the question on my license and, and this mm-hmm. is right the reason really why empathy is a buzzword in the Christian mm-hmm. community yeah. is not that it, it, it doesn't exist it exists as a try I can empathize with another Christian because I know what it's like to struggle with sin uh-huh. and I know what it's like to put it away kind of thing yeah uh, but I can't relate to the unbeliever I can show compassion to that and so I, I do line with a more sympathetic compassionate kind of thing but when we hyperize empathy we start getting weird approaches like this because mm. you can't legislate or counsel morality that has to be on them and, and sometimes that's you need to be told no yeah Sometimes mm-hmm. you yeah. need to be told that mm-hmm. you're wrong. But you're oppressing me when you do. If so. as a therapist, you adopt the position of like unconditional positive regard, non-judgment with to, to whatever your client is saying to you, how yeah. do you hold them accountable? That's not scripture based. That is the most, re- that is like hedonism mm. 101. I've, what? Yeah, well, and that what? makes me very concerned because <laughs> yes. therapists are supposed to be mandated reporters. And right. I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, what are you affirming? What, here? Right. What are you saying? Yeah. That, right. It's fine. I'm sorry. But like, if you tell me that you are molesting children you're gonna see why that's a bad thing all over my face yeah you should see that on my face we rob people of the benefit of our legitimate responses to things so yeah stay away from carl rogers (laughs) yeah anyway all right where can people find your podcast uh, you can go uh, on Spotify, look up A Couch Divided. We're on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you You're listen all to. The your, all yeah, the we're, we're, we're all the places. Yeah. Um, right now, our uh, website is under construction. You can email us at a couch divided, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, A Couch Divided Pod. Same name yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, follow us, like us, share us. That was help a, us, like, help yeah. us speak into this area that needs Yeah, That was a good yeah. piece. That, that, that was a good plug. My voice sounded like, I know. find us on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were ready to go. Yeah. It's like you've you done this before. Yeah, like, I do this <laughs> right. at the beginning of every single episode. Yep, yep, well, thanks for joining us. Oh, it was, thank you so much. It was, I laughed, I cried. <laughs> I feel kind of you got under the table. Yeah, you got a list of movies to watch. I know summer. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I don't. I'm not gonna watch half. No, that's fine. All right. Well, you guys, (laughs) that is it for this week, and we will see you all next week. See ya. Crazy, I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. Crazy.